Welcome to the world's greatest fish podcast. Welcome to X Day and Cheats. With me, Hunter, and Brandon. Um, so this is going to be our AW Double or Nothing review. Um, we were going to do a preview. Scheduling got in the way of that, so we decided to do a review instead. We're busy, y'all. Um, so the first match, which I was able to catch, but you weren't due to the scheduling conflict we talked about, was the uh, the buy-in match, the number one contender uh, tag- for the tag titles, Best Friends versus Private Party. Um, it was pretty fun to watch. I don't know that it was... Like, the best in-ring work, it was kind of just a spot fest, not much storytelling. A little selling, but not much storytelling beyond that. Um, A few botches, but nothing, like, horrendous. Just understandable with a young team like Private Party. Yeah. Still got a lot of value to do. Private Party, I'm really glad that a big company like AEW have them to... Especially since I think they can learn a lot from, like, the Young Bucks. Oh, 100%. And, 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 and teams like that. Because um, they have this really great, exciting style. They just need to, like, tighten things up a little bit. Exactly. It's, it's all just a process that happens along lots and lots of practice. But they're so much fun to watch. They have some pretty great double-team moves. Um, Very true. Very athletic. Yeah, but uh, this match was all about best friends mostly. I mean, they were the clear and obvious winners going into it, the clear and obvious winners going out of it. The right decision for number one contenders, their match with Kenny and Hangman will be will be great. Guarantee it. It'll definitely be one to remember. Um, at one point, Private Party hit a G9 in tribute to Shad Gaspard, who recently passed away, so that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, rest in peace, Shad. Yeah, that that was... Just as learning more and more about his passing, it was a really sad story, but a really cool story of him saving his son. Oh, absolutely. He died a hero. That's no doubt about that. And just from, like, Twitter and other social media and stuff like that, no one... Just everyone has so many good things to say about him, so that's seemed like a really cool dude. Oh yeah, sad to see him go. And I, I definitely loved watching Crime Time when I was younger. And one of my favorite teams back in the day. Yeah. Um. So eventually, uh, best friends had a strong zero to win. Pretty, pretty stand. Like I said, pretty standard stuff. Pretty fun though. Um, I think a good match for the buy and definitely. I think if people were considering buying buying it or not, it would definitely help to be like, oh, okay, they're, they're, these matches are going to be good. Oh, absolutely. I don't take too much away from the main card. Yeah, and then on the main card, the first match was the uh, Casino Ladder match, which, for anyone that doesn't know, it was going to be two people start, and then every two minutes, a new person would enter. Although, unlike Rumbles and stuff, they actually had the full two-minute countdown clock each time, so they couldn't, like, gimmick the clocks at all. Which I was okay with. Yeah, I thought it was... It's a, it's a, it's a kind of bold move, because you, you're kind of saying, okay, the guys we have out there can, can fill the full two minutes with excitement before the next guy joins, which sometimes Rumbles struggle to, to fill all the time between people. 
Oh, definitely. Sometimes you just got to sell for a while to take up some time. Yeah. So I think it was a good decision, though. I mean, they only had nine people compared to the 30 in the Rumble, so. Well, it's very okay with that. Seemed like the right number. Yeah, I think it was nine's a weird number for sure, just like nine. But it it didn't feel too long, and I, I don't think it was too short either. I think it was just right. So, first music hits, and it's you hear the SCU music, and Frankie Kazarian <laughs> comes out, and then he starts waiting for the second guy to come out. You hear the SCU music again, and it's Scorpio Sky. <laughs> so, both members of SCU could theoretically just team up and either choose one of them to win or have a mini fight out and then whoever loses that mini fight that person the other person wins and just guarantee an SCU victory but they chose not to do that because they're honorable faces (laughs) true um so then Kip Sabian came out next with uh, Penelope and Penelope Ford. Penelope Ford, and they kind of just posed on the stage, distracting SCU for Jimmy Havoc in a nice, blood-spattered white suit. Exactly how you want your white suits, with blood. I really like Jimmy Havoc. I want to see more of him on AEW. I got gimmick going on. I'm um, dedicated to it. And I like the little, the little stable of Kip, Penelope, and Jimmy Havoc. I'm a fan. I'm definitely a fan. And, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc slides into the ring with a ladder and just hits both members of SCU in the back. And then, and then uh, Kip and Havoc start start tag teaming on on the SCU members. Eventually, the SCU members are able to to get back into things, and that's when uh, the next person comes out, who's uh, Darby Allen, and this man is insane. <laughs> Is kind of the only way to put it. (laughs) No care about his body or well-being whatsoever. So they they sort of did it with Jimmy Havoc at the beginning, helping out Kip Sabian, but Darby was really when they started doing what most people in the match did when they entered the match, and that was just start cleaning people out to set up for the next person to come in. Exactly. Two minutes. It was a good way of keeping those two minutes in between interesting of just, this guy gets to come out and hit all his moves now that you haven't seen yet. Exactly. Keep it fresh. Keep it interesting. So at one point, Darby sets up a ladder bridge from the apron to the barricade and then throws a skateboard at Kazarian and then puts Kazarian on the the ladder bridge and climbs up a ladder that's on the outside. And basically, it's like a... I want to say it's just like a drop-in he's going to do, but just like onto Kazarian's face <laughs> with the skateboard. There you go. Exactly and where you want to Kazarian is able to roll out of the way, and Darby just takes the full force of this fall from one ladder to the ladder bridge with a skateboard just into his legs and it looks brutal <laughs> i half like... expected him to just do like a coffin drop exactly you would expect that out of him but nope unexpected but no he's like no nah, instead of taking all this force to my back i'm gonna take it to my like knees 
Exactly. And so, like the better. He was out for a while after that. Oh, as, as you'd expect. Yeah, um, as as he rightfully should have been, but um and then next in was my boy Orange Cassidy, who I love. I'm a big Orange Cassidy guy for sure. Uh, he goes over to the commentators and is like I don't know that he actually says anything, but he definitely gives the impression of, hey, what do I do? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> and I think this was one of the points where JR got just, just got really mad. And that is a thing with AWJR is he doesn't seem to get a lot of the stuff that happens and he just gets upset. Yeah, that kind of seems to happen every once in a while. Uh, but eventually Excalibur says, hey, you need to climb the ladder, get the poker chip. Tony Khan's told you like 90 times this week what you need to do. <laughs> and Orange Cassidy was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll work my way to the ring slowly. Like uh, the full first minute of Orange Cassidy entering, he ends up on like the stage still. So what you expect from someone of Orange Cassidy's speed. Yeah, he takes his sweet time getting getting there, the King of Sloth style. <laughs> um, so he gets in the ring, and no one else is there. It, no one else is in the ring. Everyone else is on the outside. He just kind of reaches up and tries to grab the chip. And obviously he can't, because he's definitely not tall enough to do that. I mean, I don't know that anyone is. I don't think so. Not anyone I know. So then he grabs a ladder... And you're like, okay, all right, he's going to actually try to win now. He just puts it flat on the ground, like, closed, and takes the, like, one-foot step up and tries to do does the same thing where he tries to grab the chip. And then he's like, oh, well, I guess I can't do that either. Uh, I probably can't win now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so over, from there. And that's his two minutes before the next entrant, and it was very funny. <laughs> I say the most entertaining two of the whole thing. Yeah, if if you like Orange Cassidy, which I don't know how you don't, but uh, you'll, you'll definitely like that spot. So next was a uh, Boom Boom Colt Cabana. Boom Boom Colt Cabana. And he he goes to like pretends like he's gonna help Orange Cassidy figure out this whole ladder thing, but then he which, when, when Orange. When Orange turns his back, he just throws him out of the ring. Like a bag of potatoes. Just yeah. gather. So, even though you think he's a face, definitely a heel. To turn on to turn on face of the company, Orange Orange Cassidy. Um, so then, uh, Cabana starts taking people out. He looks really good. His gear was very shiny, is one thing yeah. I noticed. <laughs> I did. It worked it well a, for him. It was I a good material. Good percent. Um, so the next person in was the, the bad boy Joey Janela. Oh. <laughs> bad boy himself. And filling in for an injured Ray Phoenix, who, from what I've heard about Phoenix, probably wanted to go anyway, even just despite getting injured on Wednesday, but it's probably a good idea not having him in this match. Very true. Didn't um, need him. He he started taking everyone out, hit a nice dive. 
Um, and just some, some pretty good moves. Classic, like, person come in, get a bunch of heat. Yeah, uh, running forearms and whatnot, clotheslines, dives. Yeah, just, just good-looking stuff. Five-action shit. The match didn't get too insane. I mean, it was insane kind of the whole way through. But it didn't get too insane until until everyone was in. Um, Luchasaurus was the next guy when they started bringing in the big boys, and that left just the mystery person uh, as the last man, which was probably the right way to do it. Say so. Leave it on a cliff. A cliffhanger. Who did you think the mystery person could be going in? I don't know. Honestly, I thought it was going to be Rowan. I was thinking that's how they were going to bring him in. Yeah, I know there was... Um, I guess we can just... Uh, so I thought it might... Rowan was a good shout, although I don't know if his 90-day no-compete would have been up. Ah, that's true. Um... Going in, I thought it might be MJF if this match wasn't first, but this match was first, so it being MJF was not going to happen. Very um, true. I thought there was a very slight chance it was Drew Gulag just because his contract was was up. That's true. For and like he, a week. It would have been very surprising, actually. Yeah, it would have been kind of nuts. Um, I didn't really know who it was going to be. I thought it might be someone internal to AEW, not like a debut. Yeah, right? It ended up being a debut, which we'll get on in a, to in a second, but... Um, so Luchasaurus came in, uh, powerbombed Kip Sabian over the top rope to a bunch of dudes on the floor. Oh. That was pretty good. Yeah, take them all out, all uh, at once. Yeah, Luchasaurus... I love watching Luchasaurus. He's one of my favorites in AEW. Moves he does does not make sense with how... Yeah, he, like, perfectly combines, like, big dude moves and lucha moves. It's pretty nuts. It really is. I'm more kicks than you would expect out of a guy like that. Yeah, he's a big kicker. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um. So then, after he gets all his stuff in, uh, the clock goes down, and you just hear Taz say, like... The music starts and it's Taz saying, "Who can stop the path of Cage?" And so, just for a ha- for a half second, it's like, "Wait, is Taz in this match?" Which would have been nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um, but it turns out it's actually just Brian Cage with Taz, presumably in a managerial role. They never really say what his role is. Assuming that's what it is, if that- he came out. Yeah, that would make the most sense. Either like a coach or a manager, but I mean, those are basically the same thing. So, and I had never seen Brian Cage before this, but he's a scary looking dude. Well, absolutely. Just tore it up in Lucha Underground. His talents to impact on the top of the mountain. He's taking on his next big uh, journey. And, yeah, like I said, scary dude, just absolutely massive absolutely ripped oh for sure terrifying Um, 
And much like everyone, he starts destroying everyone. But the way he does it is just so much more vicious than the way everyone else did it. Then it's like, oh, this dude's a big deal. Oh, immediately you're like, there's something special about this guy. Um, at one point, he starts climbing the ladder, and Orange Cassidy just jumps onto his back. And, <laughs> and is just like, okay, I don't want to climb a ladder, but this guy will climb it for me, and then I'll just reach the chip before he can. There you go. So, that was good thinking, if you ask me. Yeah, pretty smart stuff from Orange Cassidy, not going to lie. Um, and then eventually everyone teamed up, just every other person in the match teamed up to pull Brian Cage off the ladder, throw him outside, like take him out. And then once he's on the ground on the outside, they just started piling like ladders, a piece of the barricade, a chair, and then one of the giant poker chip like set pieces they had. They had like five different people carrying this poker chip and, and including Orange it. including Orange Cassie, which He's supposed to be super lazy, but he's helping people carry stuff. I don't know if that's the best kayfabe move. Not very lazy, if you ask me. Yeah. But, uh... I think there's more to worry about in 2020 than someone breaking kayfabe. (laughs) Very, very. (laughs) Um... But, so that takes Cage out of the match for a good while. I'm the man. And And it really makes him seem like a big deal because everyone else is like, oh no, this guy's going to beat us if we don't all gang up on him. Oh, absolutely. All that's left is one muscular leg. A big pile of rubble. Yeah, you just see one leg. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then uh, Colt Cabana's in the, like, sitting down in the corner. And he has, like, a ladder propped up against him. And Kip Sabian proves that he's a Shane McMahon mark by hitting a coast-to-coast onto the ladder. Oh, hell yeah. It doesn't get better than that. (laughs) So, uh, expect to see Sabian jump over to WWE and team up with Shane McMahon here in the the near future. (laughs) Wouldn't mind seeing that combo. (laughs) I don't know if I want Penelope anywhere near Shane, though. That's true. Keep Penelope away. (laughs) <laughs> um so then kip sabian and orange cassidy both climb the ladder and kip gets knocked off the ladder into another ladder that's like in the corner and then it looks like orange cassidy has a has a chance to win right here but uh penelope climbs the ladder to stop him tries to throw two punches Orange Cassidy blocks both of them and then has, like, a hold of her arms. And she just is saying, like, let, let me go. So he just, he, so he does. And she just falls. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she said. That is what it is. Yeah, she was like, let, let me go. And he's like, okay, I'll let you go. Um, so that happens. She falls onto Kip, who's on the ladder in the corner. Um, there's this really cool, or th- there's the classic Orange Cassidy spot. Where he hits the, hits the like shin super kicks to SCU. Oh yeah, those slow, low kicks right to the old shin bones. Yeah, they must be brutal. Um, oh yeah, after the Penelope thing, Jimmy Havoc interferes to stop Orange Cassidy from winning. Best friends come out to take out Jimmy Havoc. 
Uh, Chuck Taylor doesn't have his shoes on because he was undressing from his from his match earlier, which was a nice little touch to make it seem a little more real. Oh, most definitely. I think that makes it feel very much more real. And then uh, Luchasaurus went to choke slam Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy was able to avoid it. Orange Cassidy grabbed Luchasaurus by the throat, threw his arm over his shoulder, and went to choke slam Luchasaurus, but obviously wasn't able to pick him up. Not even close to. <laughs> and then, and then what was incredible, and my roommate didn't really understand it, but I loved it, <laughs> was uh, Marco Stunt ran in with like a step ladder, climbed to the top of that, grabbed Orange Cassidy by the throat, threw his arm over his shoulder, and with. With Soros's help, choke slammed Orange Cassidy. <laughs> and Absolutely. He, and then he hit as Excalibur called a Lope Suicida. Could not be anybody else other than Marco to hit yeah, something. Like I that. I love Marco. And I just know that like some people don't like that AEW has like Orange Cassidy and Marco, so having them do a stunt like that together is just like a big fuck you to those guys, so that's pretty fun to see. Oh, basically, it basically is just a giant fuck you to And then Joey Janela hits a running Death Valley driver off the apron onto Orange Cassidy, who onto the poker chip that is on top of the pile of stuff that's on Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty nuts to watch and just know that, like, for like five to ten minutes or however long he was down there, Brian Cage is just like, okay, someone's going to land on top of me. I just don't exactly know when. I'm just bracing myself <laughs> to get someone slammed on me. Yeah, for just two people to fall on top of me. <laughs> and all this shit that I'm, that I'm under. You got a nice little break under there. So then, uh, after a little more of the match, Brian Cage breaks out of his prison... Bust out of it like a freaking linebacker busting a quarterback, and starts um, starts just taking everyone out. At this point, Orange Cassidy's out from the Death Valley Driver. Everyone else is out from some other stuff that I don't remember all of it. But um, Brian Cage is about to win after he takes off takes out luchasaurus and then darby allen comes in and they they said a nice little thing with the taz and darby allen stuff they've been doing on dynamite where darby's taken out at, at this point and cage could just win but taz just comes out and basically says like no you go kill him and then you win and that's kind of exactly what happens but it's incredible Oh, absolutely. There is a really scary moment where Brian Cage sets up a ladder across the top rope and then lays Darby onto it, and Darby starts to fall off, and I'm like, I got very scared at that moment that he was going to just, like, get fucked up. Oh, it was definitely extremely possible. Probably but luckily, they, they fixed it. They got Darby onto the ladder for real in a stable way. And then Brian Cage just picks up the ladder with Darby Allen on top of it and just throws it out of the ring into another ladder. Yeah. It was 
I thought the botch was gonna be scary. The actual spot was really fucking scary. Yeah, that was pretty terrifying <laughs> if you ask me. And then Brian Cage climbed the ladder and won. Got the chip. Exactly. New guy, new position, new opportunity. I'm a fan of the decision. Yeah, I don't think he had to win, but I don't think there's anything bad with him winning. I don't think so at all. Like, I think he did enough in the match that he could have not won and still had the Darby Allen feud. Oh, yeah, most definitely. But I think that really establishes him since he's brand new with the company. Some, yeah, uh, I, a little more steam behind him. And I am very, especially since I haven't seen any Brian Cage, and he looks pretty exciting. I'm, spoiler, to see him versus Moxley is, will be pretty fucking good. Oh, I can't even imagine how many high spots, the crazy spots they're going to do. It's going to be unreal. So they decided to, after the craziness that was that ladder match, to go to just an old school style match uh, with MJF versus Jungle Boy. That was definitely, the match was not what I was expecting them to put on. It was really good. It was spectacular. Jungle Boy looked a million bucks. Yeah, MJF. I mean, both of them are so good, and they, and they're so good in these roles that they were put in for this match. Extremely true. It was such an even matchup. Cause MJF is just so good at being this fucking douchebags chicken shit heel i love it so much i've never seen someone embrace heel mentality as quickly as he has it's just just hate him immediately yeah you just fucking want to see someone destroy him and it just doesn't happen it's just the worst and jungle boy similar to like Rey mysterio i don't it's a it's a big comparison to make, but just so good at playing this underdog baby face. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he has a lot of skill behind him, and I don't think he's had a whole lot of screen time for us to actually see him get some good matchups. He has had some good ones. He had a good. He had like a. He went to time with Jericho when Jericho was champion, so going going all the way to a, to a tie with the champion's pretty good. That's true. That's, um, that was the start of everything. But then it's been a lot of, like, tag team matches, which he's been good. He's been really good in, but th- this, you really got to see him just as a single star. He sold, he sold his arm for most of the match that MJF focused on. Oh, he hit this. Jungle Boy hit this nasty-looking Poison Rana on the apron. Oh, he's... Man can take bumps like crazy, because, I mean... Might as well be a parkour expert. Yeah, it was, like... You could tell in the replay that it's like, okay, they did it They did it safely, it was good. But there's just so little room to to mess up. Like, if you mess up that move, just... People are going to be fucked up for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, there's moves like that that can literally end careers. Yeah. So, eventually, um, 
and just yeah this match is just good like old school there's some chain wrestling at the start and you can tell mjf does a really good job throughout this match going from like thinking that he's just gonna like roll over jungle boy like he did to like marco stunt on dynamite to being like oh fuck this dude can actually wrestle yeah oh man it was super fast we learned that yeah and um so that was a good of just like mjf just getting more and more mad that jungle boy is like actually a good wrestler <laughs> yeah basically because i mean coming into it i thought there was a chance it could be a squash man and then in what I haven't seen in a while, at least that I remember, they did the whole, like, we keep trading pinfall spot where it's just, like, two count after two count just for the opposite person over and over again. But then eventually MJF just gets the, th- gets the three count on one of them. And I hadn't exactly. seen that sequence actually get a pin for a while. Oh, you never see the double tights pull into another tights pull. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of tights pull. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in two to three years, this is a pay-per-view main event. Oh, easily. I mean, there's no chance MJF is not going to be in the main event very soon. Yeah, see and, ju- and Jungle Boy is also good enough, too. And... I can see Jungle Boy as a champion someday. So then, this was a weird spot for. I didn't think this match would be, would be where it was on the card. But the next match was the uh, final of the TNT Championship Tournament: Cody versus Lance Archer. What a match of that is! Uh, so it started with Mike Tyson entering with the TNT Championship, which looks awful. Oh, they did say it they, some gold. They did say that it's unfinished and it's going to have gold plating later. And boy, does it need it. (laughs) (laughs) It looks a little rough currently, definitely. Yeah, it's not great. (laughs) Potential. Potential. Um, Lance Archer (laughs) did his entrance and just hit a choke slam on a dude. (laughs) Brought a dude out, choke slammed him. That's that in a way. Uh, referee Bryce Remsburg offered Cody and Lance the opportunity to shake hands before the match, and that was not happening. <laughs> oh, not even close. And I think this match was good, but I think it probably would have been better if there was a crowd. Like, I think it would have been really good with a crowd. Most definitely. It, it needed that little extra bit. Yeah, I think a lot of where like MJF Jungle Boy just worked on how good the like old school chain wrestling stuff was. All of the stuff Cody was doing kind of just needed a crowd reaction to go along with it to make it like special. I hit that much harder. Yeah, but it started off really hot with Archer just hitting his hitting the blackout immediately. Oh yeah. And then Cody uh, immediately just rolled outside to to not get pinned from that in the first two seconds of the match. Uh, Cody went for a cutter and got hit by a really good-looking pounce. That was that, that was a cool spot. Damn right it was. I thought that looked awesome. Uh, 
Um, then they kind of just did their stuff, and then Archer did his top rope, like, where he walks across it and then hits a moonsault. Which is insane for a dude his size. And his age. He's, he's like, in his 40s. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. is... Yeah. Those worlds, I did not know that. Yeah, and then Cody hits a delayed vertical suplex. Archer answers with a vertical suplex of his own. Uh, Lanch exposes a uh, turnbuckle and gets thrown into it because if you set something up, you're taking it. That's how wrestling works. That's the name of the game, absolutely. Um, and then I feel like this match was a little overbooked. Like, there was just too many spots in it, I think. Because, like, Cody hits a DDT in front of Jake. And then Archer hits a uh, spine buster in front of Arn. Oh, the disrespect. And then... I, I hate the crossroads right now. It looks a little wonky, not gonna lie. It's not even how it looks, it's just sometimes one Crossroads gets a pin. Sometimes seven of them can't get a pin. It just makes no sense. Yeah, that's true. You kind of want a finisher to do uh, exactly what it's supposed to finish. But uh, Cody hits Dusty's finisher, he hits Dustin's finisher... He hits a Stinger Splash, which JR says Sting was his favorite wrestler growing up, so that was kind of cool. And then, um, but none of that works. Roberts, uh, Jake Jake the Snake started um, distracting the ref while Archer walks the top rope for another, another moonsault, and Arn just like peeks up. Knocks Archer's foot off the ropes. Archer gets gets the one-two split. Rope to the nuts. Oh yeah, the old nut rope. <laughs> and then Arn just starts like hiding behind the apron, and I'm like, yeah, "Wait, if what? you didn't if you didn't do anything wrong, why are you hiding?" <laughs> yeah, seriously, and he was doing the shittiest hide I've yeah, ever seen. <laughs> it was really funny to me. But then, in a, I didn't like this at the end. This is near the ending here. A second ref runs out to alert uh, Remsburg that Arn was cheating. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I didn't know there was two refs in every match. But... It's just, they never, like, I hate when, when because WWE did it, like, a while back, too. And it's just so dumb when you're not, if, you, if you're not going to do it for every match, don't do it for any of the matches. <laughs> yeah, Seriously. Because it's just so inconsistent and so dumb. Um, so Arn was ejected, and then for no reason, Jake the Snake was also ejected. For being there, looking he, like you are. He didn't do anything wrong, but... I've been looking at him like that. But I guess it makes sense, because Jake the Snake was ejected for all of two seconds. <laughs> Very true. Came back with a snake, and Mike Tyson jumped on the stage, took off his shirt... And was either going to punch Jake or the snake. I'm not quite sure which one. Both <laughs> at the same time. Neither of them would see it coming. Um, and then Jake uh, Jake looked like he was afraid of Tyson and ran off. Archer went for the blackout. Cody blocked it. Hit the crossroads twice. 
and got the pin. Cody's the first ever TNT champion. The crowd goes wild. And I don't, I don't hate the decision of Cody winning. I think that's fine. Oh, definitely. I'm okay with him being the mid-card champion. Yeah, and I think it's just that it's because it's the first ever. I think it looks better at be saying seeing like the first ever champ is Cody. Like that'll be remembered way more than Lance Archer. No offense Very to Lance cool. Archer. It's not as well known. Um, but Lance looked really good here. He looked really good in this whole tournament in general. I think he'll be fine. Like I saw some people saying he was buried, and I don't think that was true at all. <laughs> Not even close to the truth, if you ask Just me. the ending kind of didn't make any sense to me. Like, people get ejected, and then Mike Tyson doesn't actually punch anybody. No one gets punched, which I thought was a big waste. Yeah, that's same. Like, why, no, he can, too. Why have him there if he's not going to punch anybody? He's just a big fan. It's, uh, you know, loves sitting ringside for pro wrestling events. Um, so yeah, Cody wins. That's cool. I think he can't he can't win the world title, so he might as well have a good little run with this one. Exactly. Give it get it nice and established. So the next match run. is kind of nothing. Basically. Um, which I feel bad for saying because it's both people, both people tr- definitely tried, but they're just in a bad spot. So it was Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Oh. Who's filling in for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, and so that's why this match was kind of nothing. There was no build to it because Britt just got injured on Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. And because Penelope was filling in for Britt, it was pretty obvious that Chris Statlander was going to win, and she did. Oh, man. It was a weird comment about how strong her legs were a couple different times. Yeah, JR's commentary on this match was weird. <laughs> Very strange. It felt a little uh, awkward. I did like Kip Sabian came out on crutches and bandages on both legs. <laughs> which was really <laughs> funny to me. I had the jacket. Um, so yeah, eventually it, it was an, it was an alright match. It was just kind of nothing. It wasn't much meaning. Um... Statlander won after hitting a Big Bang Theory. It, it was it was good. It was just short, and there's no story to it. So yeah, exactly. It's about what you'd expect from a throw together match at the last minute. And then following it was a match that probably didn't need to be on this card. It was fine. It was only a couple minutes, but it probably didn't need to be here. Uh, so Sean Spears came out in a suit. He said Dustin Rhodes isn't there. He's home washing his tights. Just a weird thing to be doing while a pay-per-view's on. Yeah. Um, Dustin's music played, but then eventually Sean Spears said, Haha, you were all idiots for thinking that was real. Um, he demanded that Aubrey Edwards start the count, and Aubrey's like, well, I can't start the match before two- both people are here. <laughs> Which is a good call. But eventually, she did start the match. She started counting. Dustin's music hits. Brandy is on the stage. And then Dustin appears behind Spears. Just starts beating him up and taking his clothes off. Uh, eventually, he gets him 
all the way down to his underwear and then pull like pulls his ass out and spanks him. <laughs> and then uh, there's a camera shot of Tully Blanchard's face on the crotch of Sean Spears' boxers. Very, very interesting, man. And then Dustin hits a final reckoning and pins him. It was, it was fine. It was funny. It just probably didn't need to be here. I don't think so. Sean Spears is Sean Spears is going to need some serious recovering after that. I'd say so. Heavy recover. Uh, they just played a graphic for Hana Kimura, and Excalibur gave a really good speech about being nicer to each other on social media and stuff, and that was really, really well said from him. Yeah, just the truth. Nice on social media. Yeah. Be fuckheads. Um, and so then was the AEW Women's World Championship match. No count out, no disqualification. Nyla Rose versus Karushita. This was much better than I thought it would be. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I don't know a ton about both of the wrestlers. I think they really put on one hell of a match. Yeah, they put on a really good match. I I had watched, like, Nyla Rose win the title, her match against Statlander at Revolution. Seen her have some pretty good matches. Um, she does a little come-up that she's had on Dynamite. She's also put on really good matches, but that's kind of all I've seen of both of them before this. Okay. And they really delivered here. They definitely made some names for themselves there. Uh, so Nyla enters with Sheeta's kendo stick that she found on that she hit her with on Wednesday. It's respect. Um, and the kendo stick for large parts of the match was kind of the focus of the match, which was weird, but in like a kind of good way. <laughs> yeah. Um. Focus, huh? So they end up brawling to the outside, and Nyla puts Sheeta through a poker table that's out on the outside, with all the where all the wrestlers are hanging out in the crowd. Yeah, padding, padding the blow with some chips. And that was pretty cool to see. I liked, the, I really liked the set dressing for this, even though it was like an empty arena pay per view thing. Yeah, I was a fan how they filled up the empty spaces. Um. Sheeta used some of the big poker chip set pieces to get some knee strikes in on Nyla. Um, Nyla Rose hit a really good-looking, like, top rope draping knee strike that she does. That move is really good. Oh, yeah, it's super impressive coming from one of her. her. But, yeah, this is just a... I mean, it's what you would expect from a no-DQ match. It is just a brawl the whole way through. Oh, most definitely. It's just a not a lot of technical stuff. It's just a fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. It's a straight-up brawl. What do you expect from that stipulation? Um, Nyla set up a table in the corner, hit a powerbomb through it for a two-count. Um... Hit hit Sheeta with the kendo stick a bunch, and it just looked it looked like she was gonna win. And going into it, I definitely thought she was going to. Um, Sheeta hit like an avalanche falcon arrow for 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 a near fall that was just incredible looking. 
Well, fucking Arrow by itself is just absolutely insane. Yeah, Excalibur didn't even say no one kicks out of the Falcon Arrow, though, so that was a little disappointing from him. <laughs> um, Sheeta hit a Shining Wizard, but Nyla kicked out. Sheeta then hit Nyla with a kendo stick shot to the head, and then another Shining Wizard, and Sheeta won, and Sheeta's the new AEW Women's Champion. I did not expect her to win at all. Oh. Right there with you. I, that one came out of nowhere, if you're asking me. Yeah, it was, I mean, and as as we'll see, I mean, there's not many matches, there's only two matches left, but they just, I mean, I guess Brian Cage is probably a heel. Oh yeah, he's a heel for sure. Um, But outside of MJF and Brian Cage, the heels just lost. Oh yeah, they did not have a great night. Which I think... Is maybe AEW taking something from Money in the Bank? Because Money in the Bank, a lot of the baby faces won there too. Like, I guess Bailey won, but who cares? It just have something to do with the times in the world right now. But, like, Otis, they, for the Money in the Bank matches specifically with Asuka and Otis, they just picked the biggest baby faces in the match to win. Oh, absolutely. And the world. that's sort of what AEW did here was having a lot of baby faces win, especially the title matches. Very and true. I think, and I think, yeah, it is because of the the pandemic that it's like, yeah, just let's give people some happiness. Yeah, really, give the people what they want for once. Yeah. So yeah, this was a really good match, really over delivered, I thought, and and had a shocking result. Yeah, I'd say so. Memorable one, that's for sure. So, now this match, I feel this next match is really good. I want to say that before I say what I'm going to say next. (laughs) I feel like putting the brawl that was the Nyla Sheeta match and then the brawl that also was the Moxley Brody Lee match right next to each other made it take away from this uh, Moxley Brody Lee match. Like, I feel like they could have put a mat. Maybe the Sean Spears thing should have been in the middle of this. That's what I would have slid right in there. Sean Just two, because because this AEW World Championship match, John Moxley versus Mr. Brody Lee, it felt just as, as big and hardcore of a brawl. I guess they, they didn't get to, like, overtly use weapons. But... Yeah. But other than that, it felt like just as much of a brawl as the no DQ women's title match. Oh, 100%. You could tell the emotion was there. The man stole Moxley's championship, and he had a beating coming his way. Yeah, I don't like that either. I don't like the challenger entering with the title, but that's whatever. <laughs> it worked pretty well with that storyline, I think. Yeah, if, if this is the only time they do it for like a long time, it's fine. But yeah, Exactly. Um, so even from the beginning before the match they had like the barricade of security guards in the middle of the ring and it really really gave it like the big fight feel oh 100% separating the two competitors because it's all up we're all just waiting to happen yeah so um like we said before this is also just a brawl there is some technical stuff in here but it's much like Moxley's, all of Moxley's matches, it's it's a fight. Exactly. 
And exactly. I wasn't super sold on the build-up to this. I didn't think it was that great. Not not really a great build, no. But And so this match had to deliver, and it, it really did. Oh, 100%. These are two guys that know each other a lot better, and I think people gave them uh, credit for. Yeah, they've been wrestling each other for a long time. Oh, exactly. And both of them have been underutilized most of their career, so they're just waiting for an opportunity like this. Um, Moxley hit a backdrop off the steps through the timekeeper's table, which was pretty nuts. Oh, heck yeah. Lee, like, suplexed Moxley into, like, the playing cards that were on the set, that were set pieces. Yeah, had both cases. yeah, those cards were really cool. <laughs> I want those. I'd take them if they're selling them. Um, they traded some near falls. Uh, Moxley used a poker chip as a weapon. They started to brawl on the ramp. And this plays into the finish. Moxley hits his paradigm shift onto the, on the ramp. But actually, not on the ramp. Through the ramp. Absolutely through it. Yep. And there was like a few seconds where me and my roommates were watching this, and it's like, it was such a brutal looking spot that it was like, was that supposed to break? Oh, right. I, I also was like, did Moxley literally just hit his head on the side of the ring? Yeah. Uh, he might have been concussed. But or then something. eventually, with how long the cameras were on it and how the like EMTs came down there, it's like, okay, okay, this was supposed to happen. Exactly. Um, this, this, it was a what a great spot. Oh, 100%. Very, extremely memorable. Like, just that feeling of, wait, is this a work or not? And it was like, not that, that doesn't happen too often anymore, you know? Oh, not at all, but definitely that was one of those moments. Yeah, every, every now and again, it's like, oh boy, was that supposed to happen? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like being. So then Moxley's able to get out of the hole in the ramp first. And then Brody Lee gets out after blading his forehead a bit. Oh, a lot of bits. Yeah, so he, he he's bleeding. There's some color. Oh, there's a lot of color. Um, Moxley hits another paradigm shift, this time in the ring. Brody kicks out at one. Which is like, how? Why? Yeah. Why? I, nor, I don't like the kick out at one a lot of times but this was this was a good one <laughs> i'd say so definitely unexpected but I, I didn't love the finish here um so moxley hits a second paradigm shift and lee kicks out at two and then brody or moxley just gets in a rear naked choke and brody lee passes out i feel like they could have just the second paradigm shift in the ring could have just been the finish and Brody still would have looked plenty strong. I think so. But yeah, they just had to go that little extra bit and make him yeah. look even stronger. They did a really good job of even in defeat, he looks fucking incredible. <laughs> Very true. And I think both guys look really good coming out of oh, this. Oh yeah. Match. Moxley still looks great. Um he's he's long past the little funk he had when he was feuding with Jake Hager. Oh yeah. So, Back in. So if the, if it ended there, 
would have been a really good pay-per-view. I'd say so. But it didn't end there. <laughs> no, it did not. Um, in what is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Couldn't even compare it to anything ever. Uh, the stadium stampede match featuring the elite and Matt Hardy. So the elite is uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Adam Page. Versus the inner circle of Chris Jericho, uh, Santana Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara. They get like individual entrances with like the smoke from the state, the smoke from like the tunnel in the stadium that they do at football games. The inner circle all has on like personalized football jerseys, like inner circle football jerseys. It was an incredible touch. I like that a Sammy, lot. Yeah, I'm really disappointed that the elite didn't have that. Right. Like Matt Hardy could have not had it, but like the rest of the elite should have had it. Yeah, but either way, look good um, on the. Sammy has like a helmet on. I forget which one of Santana Ortiz. One of them had it on too. Yeah, who the one with the afro had had it on and it like didn't fit because of his hair, which was funny. <laughs> um, so the elite all enter but hangman page doesn't enter with them and the young bucks are just like yo where's he at but kenny's just like yeah don't worry about it he'll be here (laughs) that's his partner for anyone who hasn't watched this yet which you definitely should go do 100 this is a match you cannot live without there's a wrestling ring at the 50 yard line of the jacksonville jaguar stadium the cheerleaders are there the mascots there there's smoke there's pyro (laughs) Uh, Everything you can hope for. Kenny has a broom, and like one of the young bucks has a trash can. Aubrey Edwards blows a whistle, and they just run at each other. Not even to the ring. Just Braveheart just, style. Just, just at <laughs> each other. <laughs> I don't um, know who did it, but a drop kick was the perfect move to use right there. Yeah, they brawl for a while, and then. Hangman Page enters on a horse and they call back to the the golf cart spot and just chases Sammy Guevara off the field into like the tunnel. Exactly. And and I right when right when um Kenny was like to the young bucks like okay it's okay he'll be here I'm like I just turned to my roommates and I said they better have him coming on a horse. Oh, I, it couldn't have been any other way get a stadium just to not have a horse in it so eventually they all get to the ring and just start doing spots just just like their normal stuff kenny hits like a snapdragon suplex on santana um and they just do they just do all their like actual wrestling move stuff make it a little match like yeah they wanted to make it a bit of a match before it just went nuts uh eventually sammy runs back onto the field and he's like hey guys i'm back i did it. <laughs> sammy guevara was the mvp of this match for me he was incredible he got the shit end of the stick the entire match yeah but in like the best way <laughs> absolutely yeah speaking of getting the shit end of the stick he comes back immediately and the inner circle have taken control they like pin matt hardy to the ground and he climbs the top rope to hit a shooting star press, and Hardy just rolls out of the way, and so Guevara just misses the shooting star press, just hits the mat. <laughs> um, 
Omega and Hardy are brawling with Santana and Ortiz. Omega is using a traffic cone as a weapon at one point. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, Hangman's riding his horse looking for Sammy still, despite being like 10 minutes later, after Sammy's already in the ring. (laughs) Man knows how to hide. Uh, Hangman just gives up, tells his horse to stay, and then just goes to the bar. (laughs) (laughs) Stadium bar. Uh, Santana and Ortiz use the, like, mad ball socks on, on Matt Hardy and then on Kenny. Um, Ortiz threw salt in Omega's eyes, which was pretty nuts. <laughs> just grabs it off the concessions and just throws salt. There you go. That's hardcore if I've ever heard of it. And then they hit in, in what was a nasty spot on the little, like, tables they have on, like, the concourse. They set up a barricade. And then just, like, hit a gut buster on Omega through the barricade. Yeah. Or no, stand- it, was, it was a power bomb. Standing on those little janky yeah. tables. There's a great shot of the refs holding the tables so they don't fall off. <laughs> I so, saw that. So the refs, paid by Inner Circle, confirmed. Yep, it's a given. Rigged. Um, it was... A nasty looking spot because it's just through a barricade onto concrete. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And then in what was an incredible spot, they throw Matt Hardy into one of the swimming pools in the stadium because I guess there's a swimming pool in the stadium. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what stadium doesn't have a pool? And then uh, I I, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them is afraid of, like, can't swim. (laughs) <laughs> yep, just went in super I small. I think it's Ortiz that's afraid of <laughs> couldn't swim. So they dunk Matt Hardy and like start like drowning him. <laughs> yep. But then he emerges from the water in like classic Hardy Boys gear. Back to the OG. And then they dunk him again and he comes out as Matt Hardy V1, complete with a oh. Matt fact. <laughs> And the Matt fact was like, he can hold his breath for 346 seconds or something. There you go. What a good fact. They dunk him again, and he comes out as broken Matt again. Delete, delete, delete. So this pool is a lake of reincarnation, I guess. A <laughs> pool of reincarnation, I suppose. And then Hardy eventually fights his way out of this, hits Ortiz with the stadium bell, or like he's under the bell and he rings the bell. And then duct tapes to what he calls a chair of wheels. <laughs> As he is just freaking out because of, of the bell. <laughs> the cell was incredible on the bell. Oh my gosh, they couldn't have chose a better wrestler. He then stuffs Santana in one of the like ice boxes. <laughs> and bars the freezer doors with a broom and then says like, this will help with your inflammation. <laughs> How thoughtful. Okay, yeah. So that's the, so this is when it starts like they start taking members of the inner circle out of the match at this point. So those are that's Santana and Ortiz down. For good. Um Hager Jake Hager's wandering through the like running through the tunnels. Not running, but whatever. Um he sees uh Hangman's horse and he sees a sign to the bar. So he's like, Okay, he's gotta be at the bar. No doubt. Where else would he be? Uh, he comes, sits down next to Hangman, and Hangman pours him a drink and says, are you here to fight or to drink? 
Hager drinks the drink and they both start fighting each other. <laughs> and this I didn't love as much as I could have because Jake Hager just no-sold everything. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, come on, dude. <laughs> there have been a classic bar fight that turned into... Page breaks the pool cue over Hager. Nothing. Hager hits a choke slam on top of the pool table onto Hangman and then does the like western spot of dragging him across the bar while he knocks off all the like food and drinks. That was really good. Classic. Absolutely classic. Um he hits a gut wrench gut wrench powerbomb through a table for a near fall. That was pretty pretty good looking. Thought that looked fantastic. And then Kenny appears to save Hangman. Um, breaks a bottle over Hager's head and then another one and then Hangman does one and then Omega hits another one and Hager just no-sells all of it. Oh. Or he like sort of starts selling it towards the yeah. end. But it's like, yep. it's f- in in the fiction, it's four bottles over this dude's head. Like this dude would be like dead. Oh, absolutely murdered and gush of blood. Um... Omega hits him with a V-trigger and then, like, sort of crouches down and lets Hangman roll over his back for a buckshot lariat that looked incredible. Like, that was such a cool spot. It did. Um, And that knocked Hager over the bar. Hangman got up on the other side of the bar. Uh, He poured Kenny a, a drink of milk. Kenny poured him a drink of whiskey. They swapped, cheersed, and, like, drank together. Half the milk went into the whiskey, and he still drank it anyway. Yeah, it, it looked pretty gross. <laughs> but they're back together again. That's cool. That was cool to see. Thank you. Reunited, and it feels so good. So then we go back down to the field, and Santana and Ortiz are out. Jake Hager's out. Matt Jackson starts hitting Northern Light suplexes onto Guevara in one of the end zones. And Start. then, and so he's doing his thing where he just like keeps rolling over and keeps doing them. Cuts to Jericho and Nick fighting with a first down chain. Jericho like javelins it into into Nick, and then just says like that'll move the chains. Jericho's <laughs> Jericho is really good here. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then it cuts back to Matt at like midfield hitting northern light suplexes on sammy and it's like oh boy here we go (laughs) just chugging along and then jericho throws nick into the mouth of this like little jaguar thing they had on the sideline i knew it was gonna get used um jackson deville the mascot comes up to jericho and's like yo dude you can't do that jericho just hits him with a judas effect no hesitation (laughs) at all absolutely killed me just wham finisher and then he does this little like wicked witch spot with the traffic cone on his head (laughs) oh man really funny gets kicked right into the punting net um jericho hits nick with floyd the baseball bat for a two count to which jericho pulls out a red flag and says he's challenging the call Him and, Aubrey, <laughs> him and Aubrey Edwards both go into the replay tent. Aubrey says the call stands, and then Jericho just looks at her and screams, you're a shitty referee. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Jericho was so good. He is, absolutely. Um, 
Matt finishes his suplex in the uh, suplex series in the other end zone. And so he just northern lights Sammy a hundred yards. Yep, and finishes it up with a spike of his head into the end zone. Yeah. And then he does a he does a touchdown dance, but was penalized for by Rick Knox for excessive excessive celebration. So he just super kicks Rick Knox, the ref. Rewards him with a super kick. Right <laughs> to the uh, Jericho tries to hit Nick with a bat again. Matt saves. Nick climbs up, or they get Jericho on a table, and Nick runs down the, the stadium stairs and then hits a splash onto Jericho through the table. Hangman. No the- <laughs> Go ahead. There's no way he had any speed left by the time he was down. Oh no, he was so slow going down those steps, but it was still funny. (laughs) Absolutely. Hangman comes out with the, like, field chalk marker and just runs over Jericho with it, drawing a line, like, right down the middle. (laughs) And Tony Schiavone makes sure we know that it went through, went, like, on his crotch. (laughs) Right over his crotch. Uh, at this point, Sammy Guevara is, like, completely out of it, understandably, getting suplexed 100 yards and then spiked. Oh, yeah. Crawling like a zombie. He's just like, yeah, crawling like a zombie. That's a good way to put it. Um, and then a sprinkler pops up from under <laughs> him and sprays him in, like, the dick and face at the same time. <laughs> and then uh. he, this wakes him up, and he stands up, and he doesn't see anybody. So he just starts saying... <laughs> Hey, I won. I did it. Even though it's pinfall the win, but yeah. <laughs> and then they do the golf cart spot again, but this time with a real golf cart. So on, so they just start chasing Sammy. Matt Hardy and Omega are in the golf cart, and they start chasing Sammy again. Sammy is able to run to the other side of the stadium, Lambo leak leap up into the stands. And Guevara's actually taking it to Omega and Hardy, but then you hear a drone sound. And you're like, oh, Vanguard 1 was destroyed. What's this? This is the new drone, Neo 1, who distracts Sammy, lets Omega set up for the finish, which was nuts. Absolutely. Kenny hits a one-winged angel out of the stands through this platform that that was like, I don't know, 15, 20 feet below them. Or at least they floated for a good two, three seconds. Yeah, it was, it was a long fall. It was. And obviously this is a one-winged angel. Aubrey like, climbs up onto the platform in one, two, three, the elite win. But that yeah. final spot spot was so nuts oh absolutely they had to do something like that to wrap up a match that insane yeah they had to do something insane i didn't think they would do that but not at all um matt jackson gives omega the gatorade bath after the win and then the elite pose on the field and hangman is there with them he doesn't like he doesn't run off or anything, so tensions in the elite may be, may be uh, down a little bit at least. Hopefully they're almost back to normal. 
they did do some good stuff of like Matt and Hangman still looking at each other and not like you could see like not fully trusting each other. Yeah, exactly. You're still gonna have that seed there. But boy, the show was really good before this, but this match was I loved it. <laughs> well, that match is going to go down in history as maybe one of the most creative matches ever made. Yeah, this was clearly their response to, like, Money in the Bank. Oh, 100 And the Boneyard match and stuff like that. And boy, did, did they deliver. This was... a response. Because it felt the whole... I think it was partially due to the commentary. They didn't have music. They had actual commentary um, the whole time. And just the stuff that they did... It actually felt like a wrestling match, even though it was, like, the cinematic style. Very true. Um, yeah, this this show is just incredible. Did not disappoint in any way whatsoever. I don't think it was as good as Revolution was, but in given the circumstances with the pandemic, I don't, I don't know if they could have put on a better show. I agree with you 100%. They they did all that they could. and Other than a couple of matches, I mean, they didn't miss with anything, if you ask me. Yeah, there was some stuff that, like, could have been better for sure. Or, like, didn't fully, like, hit to the level that they probably wanted it to. But... Like I said, given the circumstances, I don't think I could hold that against them in any way. Not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, it definitely looking forward to to know, like, to see what happens next week on, or this, this tomorrow on Dynamite, I guess. Oh, man. Um, I'm very interested in a lot of new storylines coming. And they announced their next pay-per-views, like, September, I think. That's about right. Um, so I, I really like their um, their schedule of, like, four pay-per-views a year. It gives them so much time to build up good storylines. Oh, exactly. That way every match is just a hitter that you've been waiting for for a long and time. And it just makes the pay-per-views feel really special. Oh, big time. I was watching some old stuff uh, earlier this week, and I saw the, like, back when they used to do the, when WWE used to do the, um, like, SmackDown-only pay-per-views or Raw-only pay-per-views. I don't know, I don't know if going back to that would be the worst idea. I don't think so. Have them actually all competing against each other. Well, because then you just get two months to build a storyline. If, 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 like, Raw only has a pay-per-view every two months. And you could keep, like, the big four, or maybe it's the big five now with Money in the Bank. Like, you could keep those cross-brand. That's fine. Oh, yeah, the big, the big ones that have been there for at least five years. But, like, the random, like, backlashes and fast lanes and stuff. Just because then you just get more time to build storylines. Exactly. You can make those exclusive. If NXT has their own shows, I feel like Raw and SmackDown should both have their own pay-per-views also. Yeah, I'm... This is... This show's making me really excited to see what 
what WWE tries to pull out with like in your house and backlash. Oh, most definitely the ball is in WWE's court. Yeah, they because they 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 had a good run with WrestleMania and Money in the Bank both being pretty fucking good. Yeah, exactly. So now, but now they have to respond to something that was just another level up. Incredible! It's gonna be hard to match, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be able to, but I'm excited to see them try. Very true. I'm right there with you. Um, so overall, what was one thing on here that really surprised you? I think the biggest surprise for me was probably the ladder match, just because I expected the stadium match to be incredible. I expected the Moxley match to be incredible. I think uh, really that one impressed me the most with all the spots and how good, like I said earlier, they rotated in was just it's a very very good match and i think a lot of people shined in it how about you yeah i was really surprised with just how good of like a classic wrestling match mjf and jungle boy was that was very surprising and also and also the second second like thing was definitely Sheeta winning that was very unexpected. And how and how good it felt that she won. Like it was a great babyface win. hundred percent. Well on that note, have to wrap this bad boy up. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at um, at Mr. Underscore Welchnut. And you can find me on Instagram at walkwithbrando. And you can find this podcast on Facebook at BF Video Editing or on YouTube on Backstage Heat. Also, Spotify Backstage Heat and Anchor Backstage Heat, too, I think. We're all over, folks. Just well, you got us. Thanks for watching. And thanks, everybody. <laughs>